Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. All right, dudes, forgive me, but one more advertisement before we finally get into the show here. I want to talk about Beats for Heartbeats. Beats for Heartbeats uh, was established as a nonprofit organization in 2020, but fundraising efforts in the form of an event, Beats for Heartbeats, began in 2019. The mission of Heartbeats, Inc. is to celebrate the value of every life through the power of Christ. This is accomplished by acting as a conduit to provide support through awareness and fundraising for organizations that aggressively focus their efforts on benefiting abundant life for the most vulnerable, including pro-life and pregnancy counseling, foster care and adoption services, combating human sex trafficking, um, depression counseling, and both suicide and euthanasia prevention. Currently, Beats for Heartbeats raises funds through an outdoor music festival um, which takes place each fall in West Bend, Wisconsin. And this year's event will take place on September 17th at the Washington County Fairgrounds. Performances will start at 2.30 and include him and her worship, who've been on the show a couple of times. Koine, the church band, Brian uh, from Koine, has also been on the show before. They'll also feature Rest. <laughs> Rhett Walker and Sanctus Real. So um, a great ticket. Um, it's going to be an awesome show. Last year's show was an absolute blast. The Gird Up Bros and I will also be there once again, and we'll hope that we'll see you there as well. Mark your calendars for September 17th at the Washington County Fairgrounds up there in Wisconsin for Beats for Heartbeats 2022. We'll see you there. What's up, gentlemen? It is September 17th, 2022. My name is Charlie Ungemach. This is the Gird Up Broadcast. Joined today by... Gustav Wenz. Uh, Zach Shoreline. And Zach Teal. Awesome. So we got two Zachs on the podcast today. Shoreline, start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. you got 30 seconds. Go. I know. Born and raised in Thienesville, Wisconsin. The holy land, if you will. Um, yeah, went to high school in Watertown, Wisconsin, and then, you know... Now I'm in college here in New Ulm, Minnesota, living the dream. Um, I thought I forgot you were a prep kid. I thought yeah. I remembered. Yeah, he's really good at hiding it. Yeah, you're really good at hiding it. He's one of the yeah, yeah. better ones for that's that. Po- maybe your greatest quality, actually. Oh, that's... Hiding your prep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes below a few other things. That's <laughs> Zach Teal, tell us about yourself, man. Uh, I was born and raised in a couple different states. I've lived in five. Uh, no, I live in several states. No, so. no, raised. <laughs> I was born in my, one my state. Four but, uh, she was born on. Yeah. Four he was baptized in another. So he was born <laughs> in one and born again somewhere else. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I live in Colorado now. Uh, I'm a senior at Martin Luther College. So awesome. Yes. There's nothing exciting going on in your life. Um, you don't do anything fun. I, like on the weekends. Oh, specifically I, I play football for Martin Luther College. Yeah. 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 There's nothing else exciting like happening next summer or something like that. Uh, I, I am getting married. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost forgot. He's never, he's never had to do a plug before. Okay. No. Okay. no worries. No worries. I awesome. thought you guys knew me. <laughs> okay. So. Um, starting out this morning with thank yous and shout outs. Um, my thank you goes to the MLC calf, man. 
I have not spent much on groceries at all this year. Nice. And that's got everything to do with the MLC cafeteria and uh, and the food shelf, which is clutch. Um, so shout out to, or thank you, I guess, to, to MLC, not just for giving me scholarship money, but also for giving me food. Because, uh, yeah, I'd be in a rough spot if I didn't. So it'd be good. The Lord is providing through him, and that's awesome. Nice. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I am gonna. Well, I'm thankful for also the cafeteria, uh, just because I don't know. Uh, they've been having a good spread lately, <laughs> and that's been really refreshing. It feels like it's kind of easier to maintain a healthy oh, diet. The fresh meat strange. section or whatever they call it. Yo, that is yeah, phenomenal. the pastrami yesterday was Dude. freaking oh, yeah, insane. Was off yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm thankful uh, that my wife um, cooks me food. So I don't have to worry about what the cafeteria is doing that night. <laughs> nice. Uh, big stress relief. She's a good yeah. cook then, huh? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. What is, what's the that? leftovers I had yesterday were top notch. <laughs> what's that canned food that you keep talking about that you've been having lately? Oh, yeah. I just haven't unreasonable amount of mandarin oranges and pears ah there it is okay just for no reason (laughs) classic delicious i'm not a big fan of them actually like the canned mandarin oranges really i don't know they're just refreshing i've never liked them i'm cracking open six pound Cans and I'm finishing six it. Whoa, <laughs> six pounds, dude! That's huge. A large board. I had like, it's like twelve of... six-pound cans in my house. I was giving them away for any reason. Nice. <laughs> okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> All right. All right, Teal, what you uh, thankful for today? This might sound crazy to my thank yous to the podcast because it's been like on my bucket list to be on a podcast. Someday, really? So I'm getting my shot now. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Teal's debut. Yep. <laughs> Don't make it your last. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, shout out. I got a shout out. Oh, shoot. I have one in my brain. I'm losing it. Gus, you got a shout out? Uh, yeah, no, my mom, she called me up yesterday, apparently she went and got coffee with my girlfriend just out of the blue, and that blew my mind, uh, and so that was in a good way, like, that's awesome, and so I'm really happy about that, uh, so shout out to my mom for that situation she created. That's, like, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a big deal, I feel like that's a big deal. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I believe so. I mean, yeah, it's like I don't get to see my girlfriend on a daily basis because she's in Montana still. So the fact that my mom reached out to her and said, hey, let's meet up. Yeah. I mean, um, generally, who's a better salesman for you than your mom, right? Exactly. <laughs> sure. I like this. I'd like to say myself, but uh, no, absolutely don't. not. No, I'm sure your mom does a wonderful job in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you get a shout out? Ah, uh, yeah. The cooler nights, I can actually sleep now. It's oh, not just sweating as I'm falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It hasn't been as humid either. The humidity's what no. gets me when you're like laying in bed, and even if it's not super warm, like it feels like your sheets are wet. Yeah, like they're damp, even though they're not. Oh, it's the worst. Or like the my homework just like starts to like the paper almost yes. curls. And oh, I'm like, man. yeah, yeah. I always know it's humid because I have a lot more volume in my beard. It starts <laughs> to poof out. It's like now I understand why all the girls are complaining about the humidity. There you go. Yeah, because my beard poofs. Out. <laughs> Sean, shout out. I'm gonna have to give a shout out to my Spotify for working because the last week I have just been driving in silence. Oh. And I'm not sure how much you guys like that, but I like I really don't. And uh, I think it's only after having a lot of noise that I'm okay with driving in silence. Mm, that's fair. And plus, the drive you have is really short, so it's kind of. I like know, but it's you it's just have like something to pump you up a little bit. You know, it's five minutes, so it's it's right where you could finish a full song. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like or a short podcast. I could really use this. Or like I don't know, I like the five second five minutes of quiet on the way up. You know, just like. Whew. To, I usually have music going here, and like my morning sometimes is a little hectic because I just try and squeeze a lot into it. So then it's like the right before class, it's just like whew, relax and spend a couple minutes not in the chaos. 
but I don't I know. I think I only like that when I have a longer drive because then it's like you can actually complete a thought in a longer drive. Whereas five minutes, it's kind of like you just get in and it's quiet. Well, so I, I, can... I think the beauty in what Charlie is saying is that he's not thinking during those five minutes. Yeah. Well, no, no. And I, yeah, no, that is a difference. But it's just if I'm going to drive in silence, I'm going to end up thinking about stuff. And I don't want it to be that I'm driving down to Charlie's house and then boom, <laughs> like I have some kind of awe-inspiring moment in my brain and then I can't complete that thought by the time I get down here because <laughs> Charlie's talking to me or something, you know, I don't know. Oh, gee, that's yeah. probably my fault. It's your fault. Yeah, it's my fault you can't put coherent thoughts together. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, my shout-out is to the Lutheran Publishing Houses Ooh, that I've yeah. been getting books from lately. Both 1517 and Northwestern Publishing House have been absolutely killing it on a couple of the books. I've been, re- I've been reading... Uh, um, oh, vocation is the one Karen Fisher talked about in the last podcast. So vocation, like God's, ah, I can't remember what it's called. Something about vocation. Um, and then I've got like four copies of Luther's, uh, large catechism and then, uh, good news for anxious Christians too. They're all from Lutheran publishing houses and they're just phenomenal books that most of them I start reading them because I want to talk about them on the podcast or talk to somebody that's into them on the podcast. Um, but they've been just blessing me big time um so i've like lately i've been working really hard on getting my like, evening routine better like a little bit of mm-hmm. sleep hygiene so then from like whenever i'm done with my homework or whatever it is at nine ish or so up until bedtime at 10 i know i'm an old man <laughs> like bedtime at 10 i've just been like reading from a different book every night and oh it's phenomenal it's just absolutely wonderful so shout out to good lutheran book publishing houses yeah all right nice Gustav, what you got for us today? All right, so we're going to go ahead and skip the inflation stuff just because it's not fun conversation, I feel like, and because uh, it's bad, FYI. <laughs> um, so we're going to jump straight to the largest private sector nurse strike in U.S. history. So 15,000 Minnesota nurses um, walked out claiming that hospitals are asking them to handle unmanageable caseloads without hiring additional staff or adequately increasing pay. As the... Uh, yeah, as the as the nurse march, the nation faces a possible railroad worker strike as well. So, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of getting upset. What is, what's this finish up on? Uh, yeah, if you think a railroad worker strike will impact you uh, about as much as a horse and buggy strike, think again because 40% of na- the nation's long-distance freight is moved via train. And hitting the brakes would cost the economy an estimated $2 billion a day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so President Biden has gotten involved in negotiations to help avert that strike. Um, Whereas the nurse one has occurred already. And so, that yeah. So you're saying there's a whole bunch of nurses that have a whole lot of time on their hands right now is what you're saying. Yeah. So it'd be a good time. Never mind. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good call. I was going to say to get in the nurse market, but that came out wrong. Ah, yes. yeah. No. Yeah, and I still said it anyway. So, anyway, uh, you prefaced it with you didn't want to say it. So, but yeah, yeah, so it makes it okay. And then something to kind of put on the top of that. Some in Congress suggest that. Some in Congress, Congress suggest that they may overrule the unions to prevent the train strike. I feel like that's an infringement of. A little bit, in the right? private sector. That sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? And it destroys the point of unions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I it's... wish I knew more about unions nowadays. Like, yeah, we learn about unions and one. strikes and stuff in, like, the 20s, but they kind of lead us to believe it doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah. know? And yeah. a nurse strike is terrifying from, like, what if somebody gets sick? Yeah, what if people <laughs> are dying in the hospital yeah. and needed one of those 15,000 nurses... To help them. Which maybe is incentive to just pay the nurses. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's something. Uh, and then Twitter. So the Elon Musk Twitter deal. Here's what's happening. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Twitter shareholders voted in favor of Musk's $44 billion takeover. Okay. And then Musk sent his third letter seeking to terminate the deal. And then a judge denied Musk's attempt to delay the October 17th, 17th trial where Twitter hopes the court will force the sale through. So we went from them being terrified Elon Musk was going to take over 
to them being terrified Elon Musk is not going to take over. He, something like that, yeah. Interesting. So why doesn't he want... Like, I understand why he pulled out of the deal, but why wouldn't he want it at all? Anybody know? Um, maybe he just needs the money for something else right now. Maybe he's got, like, a space Y going on. Yeah, and maybe... Or space Z, even. Yeah. 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 The thing he does on his side, which is <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dude has some serious side hustles. Yeah. Yeah. I, Twitter really would be another side hustle, wouldn't it? I don't know. Definitely. I feel like I feel like for a guy like Elon Musk, owning Twitter would just be a, like the pinnacle. But maybe not. It like, also is a dying uh, app. Like people supposedly people aren't using it anymore. Like a couple weeks ago we talked about the most used um uh, uh yeah, social media apps social media Twitter didn't teams. even make the list. Yeah, Twitter wasn't even existent. It was so, just YouTube and TikTok. Yeah, no. YouTube, TikTok and Instagram. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then like Snapchat and Twitter yeah. were barely getting used anymore. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The yeah. Snapchat thing surprises me. I feel like yeah. everyone's using Snapchat. Well, that's your, you're a dinosaur, though. You're not a teen anymore. <laughs> yeah, true. we're part of oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. What do people text through then? Like, are they texting through TikTok? They're just sending thing? TikTok. They're just sending it blindly to everyone. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You find the TikTok that says what you wanted to text them. Hopefully, <laughs> my boy Richie knows to meet me at 7. Yeah. Years <laughs> yeah, so it's like you want to get lunch, you send them a TikTok that is about food or something. I don't know. Uh, I suppose that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, there's a whole bunch of weirdness going on there. Um, but yeah. So and then an update on the President Trump investigation situation. Um, the DOJ just finished a week long subpoena spree in a series, or in a serious escalation of their investigation. They seized phones from two of former President Trump's advisors and requested documents and/or testimony from 40 of his associates. The subpoenas were are reportedly related to plans to to submit alternate electors to then VP Pence uh, on January sixth and post election fundraising. So, my I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that if they had if Pence had suspended the election, then that would be protocol anyway. Right. So why? Yeah, I don't know. I wish this would all just go away. Yeah. The thing that's frustrating for me, I think, the most is just the lopsidedness of it. Like, you see all this stuff Hunter Biden's got going on and the Hillary Clinton, um, like, emails and all that kind of stuff. But this, this is, you know, and the whole January 6th thing, too, it was a big deal. And they should be prosecuted. It was the wrong thing to do. It was morally and legally wrong. But what about all of the riots in 2020? Those right. weren't? Like, why aren't we pursuing any of that? That's what's frustrating to me, is I just want to see justice everywhere. Yeah. Not just in the, like, the when it's politically advantageous to you. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not upset that they're going after Trump and doing what they're doing. If, if there's actually something wrong, yeah. I don't know if there is or not. If there is, but why then aren't we also pursuing it on the other side of the aisle? Right. Makes you think what isn't getting talked about, right? Mm. I don't know. Here's a, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. As a guy who's in the military, does any of this make you, like, what, do you have any different thoughts maybe than anybody, like, this is the government that's, that's leading you, is there, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, they're the the people we answer to, I see no reason why I would have any, like, random beef out of that, I guess I don't really understand what you're asking, like. Like, does it make it harder to trust that you're actually doing meaningful work? That's a really harsh question, Mm -hmm. but. I mean, there's more to it than just, like, serving the government, you know. I think that's not the general picture that people sign up for the military for. I think in their eyes, or at least in our eyes, I should say, um, we're serving the people in the country, not not the people in the government. I mean, we are working under them, and we respect them and everything they they ask us to do, but, you know, we're not doing it for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it's a great attitude. I am pro-military, by the way. I'm not, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> not, like digging you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gus, any last words on the news? Uh, Well, I'll throw one more out here, just uh, kind of a pop culture thing. So, um, for the, the Emmys happened, right, this past week, and uh, HBO won 38 Emmys 
Wow. As a network. Congrats. Um, including the best drama for Succession, and then Netflix was number two with 26 awards, um, including best actor in uh, Squid Game for Squid Games with uh, Lee... Ooh, I don't want to even try it. Jung Jai? Jay? Something? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Sure. There you go. Anyway, so that's kind of a interesting thing to kind of note. Check out HBO. They've got some crazy, crazy shows on there. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. Dude, uh, Ted Lasso won a bunch of stuff, and I was really yeah, happy about yeah. that. I love the Ted Lasso. only show that Apple TV's made that's halfway decent. But it's phenomenal. Yeah, like, I, I think it's I know, great. I know. It's not I'm halfway decent. I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like, it's a bummer. It's on Apple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. All right. Getting into the Fourth Commandment today. Um, the Fourth Commandment seems like it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like, just honor your father and mother and it will go well with you and then that's kind of the end of the conversation um but it's actually of all the different like if you look at luther's small catechism of all of the um different i mean what do you call them the chief parts like this is the longest section on any one specific command or chief part in his small catechism is on honoring your father and mother and i guess it kind of makes more sense um as you read it because like the fifth commandment is you shall not kill. Like, don't take life unless it's necessary, yeah. <laughs> right? And then, um, like, the Sabbath day, you need a day off. Everybody knows that. Um, but, I mean, as you're reading through his commentary on the fourth commandment, it sounds like he's talking to modern parents, even though he wrote it 500 years ago. Like, some of the stuff in here, I was like, oh, man, yeah, we really need to hear that. And, at the same time, like, wow, they've got the exact same issues that we've got now. Uh, so... In uh, instead of going through a bunch of quotes and just kind of talking about them like I have in the past, um, there's so much going on here that I just kind of jotted down a few of my takeaways. And I would encourage anybody to go just go read Luther. Like first of all, just if you haven't read the small or the large catechism, it is not like the small catechism where it's just a bunch of bullet points. Like it is a great read. He's hilarious, and it's also <laughs> like incredibly enriching. And every once in a while he'll say something where you're like I'm a little bit offended. I think you're right, but I'm a little bit offended, you know. <laughs> so Luther's good at that, though. He's he's not a politically correct man 500 years no. ago, and he's not today either. Uh, but so the fourth commandment, obviously, honor your father and mother, and it will go well with you, um, and you will live a long life in the land or on the earth or however you want to translate it. Um, and God obviously um, commands us to to love our parents, but Luther made the the comment. Or he pointed out the fact that God does command us to love our parents, but he also commands us to love our brothers and sisters um, and relatives and our neighbors and all that. The only other person besides himself that he says we should honor are parents and those in authority, specifically parents. And uh, any time that he does talk about honoring those in authority, he talks about the fourth commandment or it's in a context where you can impl- the fourth commandment is implied. Um, and so that like really paints a different picture than you know, like kind of tolerate your parents or like don't you know just don't be a bad kid yeah like it's a whole different picture of this is the like the fear and trembling that you stand before God's throne with this is a similar tone to the way you approach a relationship with your parents um, and so like there's a lot of there's a this is a this is not like a playful like hey just to make life a little bit easier do this kind of a thing. Uh, this is a serious thing that God takes very, very seriously. And the more Luther talked about it, the more clear that became. Um, I don't know. It's, I've never, I'd never thought about it this way before. I've taught the fourth commandment how many times in confirmation class and I've or catechism class, and I've never, never thought about it this way before. So, uh, the commandment obviously goes both ways. If you want a long, healthy, and happy and peaceful life, you should honor your father and mother. But you also need to disciple and discipline your children to honor you. And I think. Um, both sides of that coin are big issues in today's culture, both the side of, um, like adults honoring their father and mother, even though you're not in their house anymore, even though you're not necessarily in each other's daily lives anymore, they still are someone you should honor and respect and love. And it's easy nowadays to just kind of like, love you guys from a distance and we'll put you in a home, let us know when you need it, you know, kind of thing. And that sounds extreme, but that really is kind of the attitude of a lot of young people is, Thank you for doing what you did for me. Now that part of our relationship is over, and I'm my own person, and you're your own people, and we see each other on the holidays, right? And that's wrong. Like, that's not the way families are designed. That's not the structure that God has given us um, in, in 
his creation and his design. He designed us to need each other and to want each other. And he gave us built-in mentors and leaders to guide us along the way. And those are our parents. And so Luther made it very clear. Obviously, you're not supposed to just overlook all the things. Like, your parents are sinful. They're going to do things that are wrong. They're going to sin against you. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have pitfalls. That does not mean that they are any less the parents that God has given you. And you should then respect them for that. Um, and that gets really tough if you have parents that didn't, <laughs> like, weren't doing a great job. Right? And I think amongst the four of us, we probably have pretty phenomenal parents. Yes. Um, for sure. But, Absolutely correct. Yeah, yes. Troy, you were a little slow there on that. <laughs> Just kidding. He's got wonderful parents. Okay. But anyway, the uh, like we had wonderful parents, and, but you see people that have awful parents, right? And you go, how can that be the representative of God, and how do I still treat him that way? And that explains a lot of the drama, I think, in, in some of those families, is you have kids that are trying to honor their father and mother, even though their father, father and mother aren't particularly honorable. Mm-hmm. But that's just another picture of God's love and grace to us, right? If I was to love with the love of my Heavenly Father, then that's a wonderful picture of grace and mercy, of, you know, charis, like um, Frederick was talking about the other day. Right? It's just favor. Um, and I can show my favor whether you deserve it or not. So that piece was a big eye-opener for me. And then the other side, um, as a teacher, it wasn't quite as eye-opening, but the idea that if you do not train up your children, if you do not discipline your children, it's your own darn fault then when your life is miserable later on. And Luther spent like three pages on that. Like, mm-hmm. it is your fault that your house is chaotic if you did not raise up your children well. Um, and that, I think, is a message we absolutely need to we absolutely need to get across today's world. Luther, sorry, I'm really monologuing here. But Luther even went one step further, and he stresses the concept that God often punishes the wicked um, with the results of their own actions. So, if you're a thief, you will not trust other people, and you will not be trustworthy, and so then you're going to end up never having security or peace in your life because you've ruined your ability to have it. Like, you're punished with your own wickedness, right? Um, If you fail to teach your children to honor you, you'll be made miserable by them and likely be lonely and neglected when you're older. It's your fault. You didn't follow the commands of God along the way. Or if you rebel against authority, authority will often crush either. They will crush you or authority will disappear and chaos will reign. And that's what we're kind of seeing in our culture at the moment is both sides of that coin. Uh, The government kind of crush, not government, but authority, sometimes the government, kind of crushing those who are rebelling or they back off and kind of relinquish some of their authority and all of a sudden chaos absolutely reigns. So, man, go ahead and make commentary on that. I know I dropped a lot on you, but <laughs> this is a bigger deal than I – like I was thinking, yep, love your mom and dad. And then when I started reading the, from the catechism, I was like, oh, there's a lot more here than that. Uh, Something that I was just thinking about is like the whole – so, yeah, it's going to cause a lot of chaos in, within your own home, but then that child's also going to go on – and be horrible to everyone else. Which is then going to make their quality of yeah. life horrible, too. Exactly. So you're setting up your kid to just not, not yeah, to just ruin everything it touches, honestly. Well, it makes me think about, have you ever read Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life? Uh, no, I have not. Well, one of his 12 on. Rules for Life is don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. And that's obviously not a <laughs> biblical concept, right? <laughs> Definitely not a biblical concept. But, and, and I wouldn't, it's not a Christian concept. I make that really clear. But the point he's getting at is if you're letting allowing your children to do something that makes you dislike them, the world's going to dislike them even more and you're going to be miserable because you're going to hate one of the people that you live with. And so if you want your own quality of life to be better, make sure the people around you aren't doing things that make you despise them. Mm-hmm. And while that the motivation there is off, that is very similar actually to what Luther's saying here. Where, like, if you don't condition your children to be lovable, they will not be loved. And that's part of showing them love, and that's part of showing them compassion, is making sure that they can actually function in the world so they can have healthy, happy lives. And it might be unpleasant to tell a three-year-old not to have a temper tantrum, or listen to them cry, or tell your 16-year-old they need to be home by curfew, or whatever it might be. That might cause a few moments of chaos, but it's better than a lifetime of chaos. It's better, going to be better than watching them live that life of chaos. It's also going to give set them up for a much happier, healthier life 
in the long run too, even generationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like a, a pretty easy thing to take over and above where it is. I think that's where a lot of people fall into problems is that they keep on seeing their children do things that they don't like and they, they do too much mm-hmm. to make them stop. Like they don't do it in a loving manner. They just do it in a please make this very annoying thing. Stop right. being so annoying. Yeah. And so that I feel like that. So what's that, the shift in perspective? Then I'm just saying like that kind of motivation, I think, takes away from th- what the manner that God is saying it here. So right. what? That, yes. So what is the motive? What is the proper motivation? If it's would, not just to make my kid not so annoying. Well, I, the point that I'm making here is that uh, taking this Jordan Peterson uh, quote is making it more on a, on the motivation of making your life easier, which you you've stated already. But in, instead of making their life better, is particularly in their worship life, and because this is the way it's it's used in the Bible. But uh, I also find it very difficult to be the parent because the parent's the one that has to teach the child. Oh, honor your father and mother. Which which seems very difficult to do to be like you need to you need to honor me like how do you, how do you relate that to someone so I think that also gets down into the nitty gritty about you have to give them this basis of of the scriptures and the faith because they're not gonna you're not gonna be able to just start off be hey honor me you got to give them all the reasons that you got to honor them or that the child needs to honor the parents and I think that's difficult right and you're you're exactly yeah. right and that's what I'm saying if if my motivation isn't you know to make my own life easier and to you know, even make their lives easier. That is not my primary motivation. So how then do we present that to kids that we're shepherding of, yeah, you need to honor me, but it's not because I want you to honor me. Why should you honor me? I think, and you can't say because God, God says so. Yeah. yeah. No, I think well, a but lot... that's not, a, I know five-year-olds can be like, oh, okay. I, th- I think you know a I mean? lot of it's pretty practical, you know, uh, where you just, you got to, a lot of times if it comes down to just understanding why, like the, the practical side of it is just, it makes our whole area happier, which, which you did get a lot too with your comments earlier. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just that you need to make this, um, what's the word synergy accurate in this situation in the, Wow, it's a ten dollar word I, right I there. I go to college. I actually <laughs> go to college. I do college. college. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think of uh, a verse that I uh, had looked at before this where it said, um, have confidence in your leaders, submit to their authority, you know, leaders, parents, uh, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this, that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And I see it because that's not a very, you wouldn't think of it as like a very scriptural idea, but it's just very straightforward, like, I will like you a lot more if you would honor me. So that would make me, it would make it a lot easier for me to be gracious and loving to you. And I think that it's a good uh, back and forth relationship that's going on there. Well, how do you communicate that to a child? I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, it gets logical for us. Like, all right, yeah, it makes sense that I should honor my father and mother and honor those in authority, and so I'm going to go do that. Well, it's going to be a lot less word-based and more action-based, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be you loving them by feeding them, <laughs> by um, playing with them, by interacting with them in a capacity that's greater than you are my kid, you sit there. You know, kind of like that old mindset. Um, what was? Uh, what am I looking for here? Uh, don't speak unless spoken to, right? Like that's how parenting used to be. And so, I mean, I think the reaction to way that old parenting affected people is kind of the world we live in now. You know what I mean? Where people didn't get to grow up um, with this synergy with their parents, like you were saying. Yeah, right you're right. There. It's all action. <laughs> They're not going to understand synergy as a child. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the ebb and flow of what a relationship is in general. So they're not going to understand that, and therefore they're not going to have they're not people don't know or have healthy ways of expressing their concerns or what's going on in their lives, and so here we are now. But yeah, and I I think that like it goes a lot to say like the example of parent sets too with like authority or even their own parents because like kids do mimic their parents often. So I guess if you live one way and you're asking your kid to do something different it's going to be really hard for your kid to see that through. But mm-hmm. if you're setting a good example, then the kid sees, oh, this is just how we do things. 
Yeah. Well, what's the best way to what's the best way to make sure you'll always be respected? Always be respectable. Yeah. What's the best way to make sure you always receive honor? Always be honorable. Be honorable. Yep. What's the best way to make sure that your people always treat you with integrity? Mm-hmm. Have integrity, right? Well, and we're living in the after effect of people trying to be cool with their kids. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know that it's necessarily like our parents' generation, but it's like up in that region. Yeah, I think time. it was starting kind of with us, and it's definitely reached its well, high and point you see at it, the moment. Yeah, yeah, and you see it now because it's like I work at McDonald's during the summer, right? And there's this one kid that it was it was the most absurd thing in my mind but to her she was like yeah that's how it is um this customer like had a problem wanted a refund uh because of the interaction she had with him and i was like well what'd you say to him like was he rude to you or something she's like yeah and then the guy came in and was like that girl there was super disrespectful to me and i'm like uh what okay and so i go ask her i'm like so what exactly did he say like what happened and he's she was like yeah he was just being a jerk i'm like okay so then what did you do and like did you were you or did you disrespect him this from a mcdonald's manager (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like i was like so did you disrespect him or something like he was very pissed (laughs) and she was like yeah yeah, I disrespected him. Like, he wasn't being respectful to me. I wasn't going to be nice to him. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> First of all, that's not good customer service. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but, yeah, it's like that's that's how kids think now. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know, even this, this weekend, over I was bartending, and there was a, a family came in. It was a grandma and grandpa, their kids, and then the grandkids, right? And just the way the daughter was fussing over the mom. And it was just like, why? Why? It was made me so uncomfortable. And it, and it was exactly that. It was like, it was almost as if she was just reaping all of her bitterness upon her mother. It was like, I'm just going to beat you over the head with it. It's like, yo. Yeah. I, what I wanted to say was something to the effect of, you know, your mom's not worse than anybody else. <laughs> like, right. Your mom seems like a nice lady. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what she did to you, but... She's being great to your grandkids. Like, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. But the, yeah, yeah. that's the challenge with with when you're dealing sinful people dealing with sinful people, right? Mm-hmm. Is that no one is ever going to live up to your expectations. We never live up to our own expectations. And so, being able to look past that and say, "Yeah, I'm still proud to be your son," you know, still glad to be, still glad to be part of this family. It's a it's a hard place to get to sometimes, mm-hmm. but I guess that's kind of where we sit. Is thank God for my family, and now I'm going to behave like I thank God for my family. Yeah. Well, and you think about how hard it's going to be for kids now to pivot from you know growing up in a house that didn't teach them any respect for authority. Yeah, I guess because, that's what makes you know sorry, what I mean. You. No, you're good. You're good. I think that's what makes Shoreline. You were you were right and good to push back on on what I'm saying especially with the jordan peterson stuff and i think what makes it even more dangerous is that at the moment we have a very very entitled generation of young people Mm -hmm. right and so if my attitude going into marriage and parenthood parenthood Mm -hmm. is already i'm the most important person in the room everybody owes me their time and attention and and like basically i have a right to be comfortable and then you've got kids that are misbehaving you might even appropriately discipline them but it might it's likely going to be for the wrong reasons it's not going to be because i love you because i want to honor god and i want to disciple you it's going to be like you're a hot mess and i'm sick of you so you're almost reluctant to to go and actually do the parenting yeah like you're taking my time and my money while you're doing that yeah any last words on a fourth commandment I don't go. No, let's go for it. All right. If I offended you, it was because I was (laughs) trying to draw out conversation. That's probably not true. Uh, I'm just defensive sometimes. Okay. Here we go. Obscure Bible trivia. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. In the Hebrew Bible, as well as the Old Testament, it's the same thing. I don't like the way this is. I don't like the way this is phrased. In the Hebrew Bible, as well as the Old Testament and New Testament of the Christian Bible. Oh, I get it there. Okay. Okay, yeah. Oh. So in the Bible, in the scriptures, only one woman woman is named who had leprosy. What? Who is she? In the Old Testament? Well, yeah, if it's only one woman and they named the Old Testament twice, it's probably in the Old Testament. Okay, shit. 
Sorry. I would, did, that came off snarky. I, know, I was I trying like to be helpful. The Hebrew Bible and then the Old <laughs> and New Testament, right? Like, okay, so in the Jewish, like, uh, what do they call that? Oh, gosh. In the Septuagint. That's yeah. not right, but yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll go with it. Hey, in the Old Testament. We know it's the Old Testament. The Greek translation? <laughs> in right the Old Testament. In the book of Moses, okay. even. I'll be even more Whoa. specific. Okay. okay. In the book of Moses. The Torah, okay. if you will. There you the go. The Torah is That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. There is one woman who's named as the only woman in Scripture who had, who's yeah, not the only woman who had leprosy, but the only one who's named. I just don't have a guess. I'm going to guess Miriam because there was an issue that they had early on with Moses. That could have been it. You're wrong about the issue, but you're right about the woman. Whoa, wow. baby. Miriam. Nice. The reason, <laughs> the reason is she was once afflicted with recipe, but with leprosy by the Lord due to her grumbling about Moses because she, he. Oh, you were right. Oh, sorry. Because yeah. he had taken Ethiopian wife. <laughs> Let's light. go. There you go. Yeah. That was impressive. Yep. She yeah, ended up being cured life. and reinstated Wait, is your dad a pastor? into the Israelite. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's a shot. Is your dad a pastor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. so I guess none of us as PKs have excuses, but Gus doesn't have to know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, we did that one last week. Here we go. To open up the event. What? Dude. Did you even look at him? Sorry. I did not. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm founding him now. I was prepared for everything else. <laughs> All right. Solomon had 700 wives. Mm hmm. And princesses, and which were okay. princesses, Con and 300 concubines, as per 1 Kings 11, verse 3. However, only one of the women is identified by name. Oh, I wouldn't have known this one. Oh, yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. Well, didn't he, take, didn't he end up marrying, marrying Bathsheba? That's David. Oh, she, no, oh that's that's Solomon. Solomon. this is not Oedipus. Oh, yeah, okay. She's <laughs> just going through him. <laughs> Going down the line. She wants to be with the king. You think it's the only name that he knew of his wives? Because he, <laughs> he had somebody say what he could remember. Yeah, the only one that wasn't the number. He did not study the flashcards. No. <laughs> he had a quizlet of all his wives. <laughs> all right, I'll give you a pass on that one. Her name is Nama. Okay. Oh, that Nama. Was tip of my right, tongue. Yeah, tip of my tongue. Uh, she's only mentioned in a passing, passing reference anyway. Uh, she's the daughter of the king of Ammon. So. He's like, nah, Ma, get out of here. Nama means beautiful. Mm. Nice. So, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, she that was clever. Been, she, that's probably why I remembered her, because she was so beautiful. Maybe. Ah, the I most beautiful of the 1,000 women available to him? I bet you he ranked them. I almost guarantee he ranked see, them. I think he had a list. I would assume so. <laughs> that's so, well, see, see, that's think a good question. And like, how many times, like, is it possible that he would have married somebody and he like saw her twice? Like, no way like, I, entire no way I remember a thousand names of just my own love, like friends, I guarantee he was walking through the tent, the, through his uh, palace one day, and like walked by one of his wives, didn't even recognize her. I guarantee it. Probably, yeah, like, are, we, like, are we married? Well, here's I think the thing. we're married. Like, was I just it thought it was a maid or something? Like, what's the time period of? See, that's what I want to know. Like the date period of when he started having wives, and then like his death. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's not like he had all thou one thousand of these women. This true. It was like a giant once. mass. Wedding. But at the same time, there's only three hundred sixty-five days in a year. <laughs> so. Yeah. And didn't they celebrate weddings for like a weekish? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah wow. exactly. It's just that like, Jerusalem Whoa. must have been one nonstop party oh, during Solomon's time. One whole well, I mean, wedding two, feast for fifty-two was, right? weddings a year. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like. 14 years of weddings. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we know minimum wow. 14 years. There we go. 14 so. years worth of weddings. Also, I wouldn't trust my math. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating, though. That's that's a lot of weddings. Right. Can you imagine being the groom in all those weddings? That's, that's probably Or just yeah. the best man just standing up there yeah. like, man, I've done yeah. this a few... Just running out of speech yeah. ideas. Yeah, like this, <laughs> the guy like, doesn't change. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the one like his childhood friend is gone. You do it again. Yeah, there's also a flipping this flash and they rotate through. <laughs> oh, maybe rotate through. I mean, the that's the benefit man. of being king is everybody wants to be your best man. That's true, exactly. you know. And you can be like, yeah, I used to be the best or the, the I met the him two days ago man. <laughs> at his other wedding. Like yeah. stories for your grandkids, right? It's just like the honor. You, instead of eat, like having a feast with the king, you get to be his best man. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. According to the book of Daniel, a boastful king who had no regard for God was made to look and behave like an animal. Okay. What is the name of the king? 
Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I figured I could better give you an easy one since the last one was ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. going to both sides. Good of old Nebby. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Good old Nezzy. Nebby? Nebzy? Nebzy. I like Nebzy. Nebzy? Nebzy. Yeah. I don't know. Who deliberately and flauntingly, this is another easy one, but we're kind of on the topic of his family anyway. Who deliberately and flauntingly spent the night with his father's wives? What? Oh, I so remember this. That's. He set up a tent in Jerusalem, took all of his father's wives, and slept with them there. You said this was, was an it easy one? Absalom? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's Absalom. Nice. Hmm. At Fell's request, who was his advisor, who was like, yo, if you want to be king, this is what you got to do. And so he went and slept with all of his father, That's all right. of David's wives and concubines. I am... Like, how did he convince that, like, you say all, like, there was a large portion of them. Yeah, I don't think it was all of them, but it was a bunch of them, yeah. That's... Well, you think about that moment in history, like, the David has left Jerusalem, so he essentially has abdicated the throne, and now Absalom is king. And so, why, what do kings generally do when they take over, just kill everybody from the last regime, right? Mm. And so... Like, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but if you're one of those wives, you're likely thinking to yourself, it's a sleep with this dude or die situation, mm-hmm. right? More understandable in yeah. context. Yeah, in context, yeah. it's more understandable. Not something you see not in everyday right. American life. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't happen on the Hill very often, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. often. <laughs> but when it does, oh, what? Gosh. Dude, that's weird. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's just do one more then. Okay. This one's ridiculously easy. Hebrew man freed from Egyptian prison after interpreting Pharaoh's dream. Who is it? Joseph. That's Joseph. Oh. We just translated that. Yeah, so who day. is? Although actually we didn't translate Joseph. it. We just skipped that story. So. <laughs> oh, well. Did we? Yeah, we did. Because we went straight to him bringing his, bringing his brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. Top three. Top three favorite Christian celebrities. Who wants to start? Chuck Norris is my number one. Gosh, dang it! <laughs> I was hoping nobody else would come up with that one. <laughs> Chuck Norris is definitely my my number one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And he's like outspoken too. And he mm-hmm. like he. I've read a couple. I'm trying to remember what the books were. I've read several he, books yeah, he where he writes like writes Christian the books. Like the pro, well, I've never read one of his books. Oh, but he like write. He'll like write the prologue. You know where they're talking about like yo, this book is amazing. I've read a couple of them where Chuck Norris did that, and I was like Chuck Norris. And the more, yeah, the more I, the more I was reading them, the more I was like, "Yo, this is awesome." Yeah, Chuck Norris is, I, I he's just he's Chuck Norris, and the fact that he loves Jesus on top of it just makes him even cooler. Yeah. Oh yeah. What you got? I'm gonna make that my number three, so we're gonna share that one. Okay, so it's a it's a one one one. Yeah, go situation. ahead. Okay, Give us one so of your off your list. I'm say Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I did not know that. I was just remember seeing something early on where, on his show, if there was ever a scene where in his show he was like going to his bedroom with his wife, his wife in the show, they would set up two separate beds. A lot of this had to do with like mm-hmm. also the time that he the show was around, but instead of just having like them in one bed for like the scene, as you would expect, they were in two separate beds because he was not willing to be even in bed with a woman that wasn't his actual wife fun fact did you know that the reason uh like double bed uh bedroom sets were so popular in the 1950s was because so many people saw that on tv and they're like that's so practical and they started yeah. husbands and wives started buying double, like oh two God. single beds <laughs> instead of one bed so that they wouldn't have to because like, they didn't have like mattress firm or whatever those <laughs> you know the what are those adjustable mattresses Sleep, sleep numbers. numbers. Yeah, sleep numbers. Yeah. They didn't have sleep numbers back in the day. So if you didn't like the same mattress as your spouse, you were just kind of stuck with it, right? Oh, yeah. So then people have disposable income and they start buying those those matching sets. So, yeah. Fun facts about America. Yeah. Good answer. That's a great answer. Thank yeah. Thank you. Teal, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Steph Curry mm-hmm. because, like, he's been at the top of the world a few times, winning four championships, I think it is now. And just, like, he makes the point of, like, in his – in his post-game speech this summer, like, I thank God that I get to play with these guys every day, and God is so good. Like, 
he doesn't have to do that, but he does on a world stage, and so that's really cool. Yeah, and the other like he ha- definitely has an edge to him. You know, yeah. like he's got like, he's he's just a normal dude who uh-huh. happens to love Jesus, and he does have an edge, and he does make mistakes, and he does, you know, what, he's not like this guy who's up above everything else who's like holier than now because he's so wonderful um he's just a regular dude who loves jesus and he kind of lets you see all of it Mm -hmm. and even the way he like goes about parenting and loves his wife and all that it's all if you know that he's a christian it all just makes sense Mm -hmm. you know and yeah that's my i think that's my favorite thing about the fact that he is a christian is that he just kind of bears it all like you can see it and you can see the fruit in his life too yeah yeah shoreline Oh, you just gave us uh, Dick Van Dyke. But go ahead and give us your number two. Okay, number two is going to be uh, John Cooper. He is the lead singer of the band oh, I Skillet. About him, yeah. Yeah, I just, I love their music, mostly because I love general rock, like rock music in general. But uh, I think it's really cool to see someone being able to do that in, with a Christian mindset. And it'd be really cool to have something where... You know, down the road when I have kids, I can listen to rock music without having to have really terrible meanings in all of them. Yeah, so. yeah, no, and uh, he's been doing the was it the the Cooper Cooper cast or whatever. Uh, he's been doing a podcast though lately too, where he's just been talking about Christian issues, and it's phenomenal. I actually met him once oh, at his really? house. Yeah, so they're they're from Kenosha, like their Kenosha Christian Life is where they like do their all their I don't know what it's called now. It's, they renamed their church, but. That was the name of the church at the time, and uh, they lived like down the street from my buddy's house, and we had like a, a band who would practice in the garage, and one day the tour bus drove past and like parked outside their house for a while, and they were putting stuff on and off, and then uh, like later that day, and I honestly do regret this a little bit because it's a huge invasion of privacy, but the other two dudes were like, yo, we got, or a couple of the other dudes were like, yo, we got to go. Like, we got to go say hi. And so they went over and knocked on the door. It was under the pretense of, like, yo, like, we just wanted to meet our neighbors, you know? <laughs> but it was definitely because he was John Cooper. So he opened up the door, and there was, like, a platinum record hanging on the wall, like, in the entryway. And it was just like, ah! And he was really sweet about it, too. And they also, credit to my buddies, they didn't make it weird. They were like, yo, we were such huge fans. It was like, hey, we lived down the street, and we, you know, we noticed you guys were here, and we just wanted to say hi. So, yeah, it was, cool. it was cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that's way insane. cool. I doubt they still live in that same neighborhood, but yeah, there. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. John Cooper's a good dude. Also, to have that many tattoos and that beard and all that, and be the kind of light in the world that he is, I think it's a good cultural piece too. For yeah, yeah, sweet. My number two is Mr. T. You can't go wrong with Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. T. So Mr. T was not a Christian. Uh, and then later on became a Christian. So like when he's playing Clubber Lang in the Rocky movies and stuff, he wasn't a Christian yet. Became a Christian later on in life and was just... like It's part of the reason he didn't really have a career in the second half of his life was that they didn't want this really outspoken Christian black man. Like He wouldn't even play the roles he had been playing before because he didn't want to misrepresent Christ. Um, and so it's a ah, wonderful story. And as he got older then and Rocky became more of a cult classic, the Rocky movies, then he kind of had a resurgence in fame, and he always used his platform to, to talk about Jesus. So you got you got to love Mr. T. Kind of like Chuck Norris. you got to love him anyway. The fact that he's a Christian just makes it even more awesome. Yeah. Gustav, what you got? Uh, John Wayne. Oh, yeah. He grew up Christian, and then his life, like in the films and you know doing the movies and stuff, he kind of fell a little bit away from the faith. But I don't know. According to uh, his kids... He came back around on his deathbed. Yeah, according, so, I read an autobiography that said the same thing. Yeah. Or not an autobiography, a biography that read, said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, for the sake of keeping it moving, Teal, what you got? Uh, Kanye West. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. I one. thought you guys, I thought it was coming Absolutely. before this, but I don't know. I just didn't want to be cliche. Yeah, so. I know. And, <laughs> and I'm not dissing you for being cliche. Yeah. yeah. Or two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, because we're doing Christian music. So, yo, you got to, like, non-CCM Christian music. Yeah, I did listen Jesus to that one. Jesus is King is phenomenal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think, I think too, it would be beneficial to him if he wasn't kind of doing his Christian journey completely out there for the world. But that doesn't diminish the fact that there's definitely a, there's definitely faith there. Yeah. And you see the fruit in his life. Mm-hmm. Well, you listen to his old music, and then listen to it now. It doesn't even seem like it would be the same person right. writing those songs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and his the also the ability to pivot, and he's still making really good music that 
fits his morals and it's just as good as the old music yeah yeah i just love it because for a solid three months he had 50 to 60 year old very conservative christians listening to some to some rap music just yeah. to uh-huh. get a feel yep. for what kanye West was all about yep absolutely that's a Did wild you give time. us your third already right no that was my third that was oh yeah. kanye you know, you i'm surprised nobody said justin bieber honestly that's my third but that's yep. your yeah. third uh-huh okay so yeah. tell us about justin bieber I don't know. It's, he's just a guy who admits that his life isn't perfect, even though he's been a hit since he's been like 13. Mm-hmm. But he like admits like he has to work hard in his marriage and everything. And he's like had some troubles, but like the thing that keeps him grounded is God's word and just to be that kind of light in Hollywood and all that stuff. So, yeah. And after the Hillsong fiasco too, he didn't just dis- like a lot of those celebrities just kind of disappeared or stopped talking about it and hid away. And it seems like it only made his face stronger. It was like, I need to make sure this is a real thing. Kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's cool. And I, I hate to admit it, but I would love to go to a Justin Bieber concert <laughs> where he, where he like breaks out in some of the, like, cause he breaks out worship songs apparently at his concerts really? fairly often. And uh, I would I would love to be a part of that sometime. I'd have but. to go in secret. Yeah, go in secret. I don't I don't want to tell everybody. We can dress up to... as never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we can go together and we can just pretend we're dads or something. All right, like there we go. No, oh, we can yeah, dad yeah. it up hard, and then just be like hanging out in the back, like yo, we're we're here because you know we're, we're here for the kids. Just uh-huh. always pretending yeah. you're looking around for them. Yeah, just like oh, people. I can't oh, find them. My, uh, <laughs> my daughter. And then. Uh, <laughs> I do have Until more. somebody finds out that we don't actually have daughters, then it's just the creepiest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just for the sake of throwing his name out there, too, Chris Pratt. Yeah. I see that. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. And he, he's pretty public about what he's he is. got going on. So he is. He's also very public about, about the fact that he had also, like, he grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. very much was not a Christian for a while, kind of walked away from the faith, and now is back. And yeah. that's, a, that's a cool thing, too. And, uh, he posts stuff on his Instagram and things all the time too, which is cool. My last one was Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. man! Talk about, similar to both Kanye and um, Justin Bieber, like similar stories where you, you, I don't know if I don't know if uh, Justin Bieber grew up a Christian. Uh, Kanye supposedly did, and uh, then kind of like just doing the whole lifestyle, realizing it's empty, and coming back and saying, "I need some meaning." Um, and eventually finding themselves back in love with Jesus again. But my favorite Johnny Cash quote is, uh, being a Christian isn't for sissies. It takes a real man to live for God <laughs> a lot more than to live for the devil. So You should, you should have him on the podcast. We should, yeah, we should, we should resurrect him and have him on the podcast. Like, do me a favor here. We need to talk to Johnny. All right. We are pushing up against the end of our time here, but we want to talk about... Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 through 18, which, if your church is following the one-year litany, you will likely hear in church this Sunday. So we're going to start at verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, When you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Pardon my neighbor who simply insists on mowing his lawn at 8 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But you want to close that window. So, yeah. so pardon the lawn mowing in the background. Um, yeah, thoughts, guys? What you got? It's pretty amazing how timeless God's word is. Yeah. Like, never forget the Lord. Like, it's easy. Like, it can be easy to do that sometimes. Like, and, like, we are all so blessed. Like, we're here right now. Um, I don't know. This is just a message to people thousands of years ago. And we could be like, yeah, that applies to me. Mm-hmm. Just as applicable applicable today as any as any yeah. other day. Yeah, I think it's it, it's it's gonna sound bad, 
what I'm about to say, but it just gets me excited. It, it can be. <laughs> I think it's more difficult to follow Christ when life is going really well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yes, sir. For sure. Like when when everything. It, it sounds weird to say like it's it's more difficult when things are not difficult, right? But yeah. it it really is because when when you're having like the rough times and and things just aren't going well, you need that that foundation in Christ and you just need something to grip onto and, and he's your thing. But when you just don't feel like you really need anything at the time, it can be, it can be very difficult to remind yourself like, no, he did this great thing for me. I need to keep, need to keep coming back to him. Yeah. I, 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 on a similar strain, uh, but less, less in the spiritual realm and more just in the, in the realm of, I mean, I guess everything is spiritual really. If we're like, <laughs> But what I've heard, I couldn't tell you where I heard it for the first time, but I've heard the idea of the cycle that like hard times make tough men, tough men make easy times, easy times make weak men, weak men make tough times. And so you see this cycle constantly going. And that's what this was kind of reminding me of is, you know, kind of uh, faithful men make good times, good times make it easier to maybe not be faithful yeah you don't right? have it doesn't, doesn't work perfectly it doesn't but, work perfectly yeah. but it's the same concept though right is and you could also say maybe like your tough men could be like you can make the argument that that's where the toughness comes from mm-hmm. and that's where that leadership comes from is being grounded and founded in in your faith um but it's uh, it's easy for that cycle to go if you have a comfortable life do i really need a savior are things really that bad is this really that rough yeah, I think we also though need to be careful. It's a temptation for me to be like, "Yo, if I wasn't such a knucklehead, I wouldn't have so many tough times." And that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely bring oh, kind of actually what we we're talking about with the fourth commandment earlier. Yeah. Bring a lot of our tough times on ourselves, but that doesn't necessarily mean that God is like using every everything to teach me a specific lesson. Sometimes it's just generally, oh, okay. A couple years ago, I was at a conference where professor dave sharf was speaking and one of the things he said like one of his concluding thoughts was the most or the 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 most terrifying prayer but most important prayer a man could pray is to simply say to god um if my life must be difficult so that i might spend eternity with you then do what you must and those aren't his exact exact words but it's something to that effect of like if lord you know me and you know what I need, and if you know that the only way I'm going to spend eternity with you is that my life must be difficult, then let my life be difficult. Like Send a storm so that you might make my faith secure and my eternity secure, and I might spend it with you. That's wow. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> like it gives you a lot of it gives a lot of purpose to our hardships too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's that. Idea of mirror curve and guide, right? Yeah, yeah. Just the the need for uh, a little bit of di- the need for a little bit of discipline to keep us uh, grounded in the faith is is something that's always been it's always been scary. And I think a lot of times this doesn't necessarily have to do with a religious sense, but I kind of get worried sometimes when when I realize I'm not as faithful as I should be, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like you start to think something's coming, and you. And almost right. in a in a weird way that's brings and you back in you're a similar both bring, manner. You kind of already know you're bringing it on yourself, yeah. but then it's also the hand of God saying, "Hey, you need me." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it can be both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Guess you look like you have something to say. Nope. Okay, that's fine. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> oozing no, with knowledge. Just thinking over here, man. Yeah, no. you were also, Sherlyn. You were also making me think about uh, something I've heard a few times, which is. Uh, um, a Christian man is either going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or waiting for the next storm to come. Mm, there you yeah. go. Yep. That's yeah. You're just so full you're... of like poetry and good <laughs> sayings, aren't you? It's just yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like that. Like it, it's true though. You're either going through something, you're about to go through something, or you know something's coming, mm-hmm. and that's just the way our lives are. Um, and so keeping that in mind, that when my life is getting easy, then making that purposeful. Of I'm in a good place right now. Things are going well. School's going well. My relationships are going well. Now let's get ready for when it does hit the fan because it's going to sooner or later. And uh, I want to make sure I have the faith that I need 
and that's when, when you build there. up those healthy practices you know like Absolutely. daily devotion um prayer yeah. Which, again, are self-fulfilling prophecies. If I'm doing all those things, the things that do come into my life aren't going to be as, I don't know, as destructive. Um, and if I'm not doing those things, then destructive things are going to end up walking into my life either way. Yeah. So you're never going to completely eliminate hardship and difficulty from your life. But you can make sure that you're prepared to deal with them, and that's going to make them not as big of a deal. Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah, last cool. words this week, fellas? I'm just pretty disappointed that I, uh, I realized I used my shout out incorrectly just because oh. it's meant for people. I'm, I don't <laughs> I, know why. No, that's I totally shouted okay. a shout out to an application. I shouted yeah, out, shouted so out the weather. Unreal. Yeah, you shouted out the weather. What yeah. I, I, our first time I shouted out lawnmowers. Like, yeah. come on, you're good. You can <laughs> shout out whatever you like. Whatever. Well, do you have a person you'd like to shout out instead then and amend the situation? I mean, I mean it would just it would be the same as my thank you uh, over to my wife, but you oh, know, for, for letting me. I just want to remind you guys how awesome brownie points. I just think. Stacking up the brownie points. Hey, babe, right. did you listen to that podcast? Hey, you, should, you should really <laughs> listen to that podcast. Really, really listen to it. some good stuff. You're like it. <laughs> Especially the first five minutes and the last you five can, minutes. You can <laughs> skip us. Yeah, I don't really say anything. All right, gentlemen, if you're you. listening on Saturday the 17th, make sure you come find Gus and I at Beast for Heartbeats. Our oh, boy yeah. Connor will be out there greeting people, too. So he's the big burly dude with a gird-up shirt and a lovely beard. Not quite as lovely as mine, but he is a handsome he's dude. A rabbi. Yeah, a girl called him Hot Stuff the other day. So oh, if really? you walk up to him and say, <laughs> wow. what's up, Hot Stuff, you will make his day. He's also going to hate me for saying that out loud. But anyway, that. come find us at Beast for Heartbeats. We'll be out there podcasting. Buy us a beer or something, man. We'll, we'll love you oh, forever. Yeah. Um, but guys we love you glad you listened go be the man of God created you to be we'll see you next week on behalf of all those involved in producing recording editing and distributing this episode Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms, and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content, too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.